step inside into the world of Lady Teal's Curios. Good evening, Curious Minds. This week I have a short interview that I did, and we will get to that in just a moment. I wanted to take a second to connect with you all on a personal level. I believe I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I'm a bit of a nomad now. And because of everything going on with the virus, whose name we shall not speak of, my husband and I are having trouble finding places to stay for an extended period of time, which does put a bit of a strain on the knowing where I'll be to have a quiet place to record these episodes. We've been lucky enough to stay with some dear friends, and we have a campsite booked up for the next coming weeks, but this past week has just been a little hectic, so tonight's episode is going to be a little shorter. I also wanted to explain my feelings on podcasting in general. I love podcasting. I love interviewing people, hearing their stories, and sharing weird and wacky news with you all. It's literally my favorite thing to do. However, I'm not so fond of this excessive need for content on the same day every week. I used to feel like I would get in trouble if an episode posted on Saturday instead of Friday. But I've come to realize that with the new, different lifestyle I'm living, sometimes that's just going to happen, and I've got to be okay with it. I'm happy to report that I have a bunch of guests lined up for upcoming episodes that I'm sure you guys are going to be thrilled with, so the longer-form interviews will return. But I also have other ideas I'm spinning up for a different approach on the long-form episodes. Basically, I want you all to know I will be here weekly, but sometimes things will change. Episodes might be a little different, or they might drop on a different day depending on where I'm at in the world. Just as the world is unique, Lady Teal's Curios is unique and will take you on a wondrous journey. I post all updates regularly on Facebook and Instagram. I do have a Twitter, but I'm not as active on there. So for episode updates, changes, etc., be sure to check Instagram and Facebook regularly. You can find me everywhere at Lady Teal's Curios. I wanted to mention I'm always open for suggestions. So if you feel there's someone who would be an awesome guest for the show or if you have a topic you would like me to cover, shoot me a message. I love being able to provide you all with curated interviews, topics, and more, and I appreciate you bearing with me during these growing pains. Oh, one last thing. Tonight, I'm recording in our camper, and as I mentioned, we're staying at our friend's house. Our camper is actually in their driveway right now, and there's a bit of traffic on the road that we're staying at, so you might hear some traffic in the background. That's all. So let's get right on to today's interview. After doing an episode a few weeks back on the conspiracy theories surrounding the virus, 
if you remember, some of them were alien UFO related. I had a few people contact me regarding their beliefs on aliens and extraterrestrials. Some of these people had UFO sighting experiences and even alien encounters. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying there's so much judgment that surrounds the UFO and alien community that a lot of people feel afraid to speak out and use their real names. They don't want to be labeled as crazy or as someone who hears voices or sees things. Even in Facebook groups that you would think a person who has experienced something of the UFO variety would feel safe, there are still naysayers and those who want to poke fun. Now, I know I have a lot of listeners who are hardcore skeptics. I would consider myself an open skeptic. I am very skeptical and will always try to look for the most logical reason behind why something occurs. But I want everybody to keep an open mind. The point of Lady Teal's Curios is to be curious, to explore the world around us, to learn from other people's stories, and hear their experiences. Now, you may not believe what this person has experienced, but this person believes. This experience for them was real, so just keep that in mind when you are listening to stories where sometimes the subject matter may seem a little out there. So I chatted with multiple individuals online, and these were just chat conversations. A lot of these people, like I said, they don't want to be made fun of. They want to be able to tell their story in a safe space. So I'm not going to use any real names in this episode, um, and we're just going to have some open conversation. So one of the people I talked to, he said he's been looking in the sky for 40 years and has never seen any UFO. He said if it wasn't for his close friends, he wouldn't believe they were real. One of his neighbors saw a triangle-shaped craft that hovered over a church for a few seconds and shot off like a bolt of lightning. He said it was about 100 feet off the ground and was only about four or five feet long. Kind of small. And this happened in Tennessee about 20 years ago. Like he said, he's never seen a UFO, but but he has no doubt his friend was telling the truth. Another person said he saw one fly over his house about 100 feet up, and two months later, they came back. He heard voices talking outside in a language that he's never heard before. He said the crafts fly in an upright position, like a shrimp in the ocean. They're silent, no sounds, probably about 1,000 square feet in size. Another fellow told me that he saw a UFO disc shape in broad daylight. It flew so low, he almost felt like he could reach up and touch it, and it was flying really slow, like so slow that it should have fallen. There was a hole in the bottom, which he took as a door, and there was another tiny disc right below it. He was with a friend when this happened, and it was just there in the afternoon. No dark, no weird lights, just a floating disc in the sky. Another 
fellow contacted me and told me that he spent eight to 10 years doing exactly what I'm doing, talking to people, interviewing people, researching these topics, and he's come to some interesting conclusions. He doesn't believe that these are beings from other planets that are coming here. He believes that they are interdimensional fallen angels. I thought that was an interesting concept. I hadn't heard of that one before. We'll have to cover that more in depth on another episode. So in talking to a lot of these people, you can see how they would be afraid to come forward and share their experience. Some of these experiences sound like something out of a dream or a nightmare even. Now I would like to share Alex's story. Alex and I chatted for a longer period of time. I'm going to relay his story to you all. I had two experiences, one a long time ago in 1998 and one last year during an ayahuasca spiritual ritual. A side note here, Alex is from South America and In South America, ayahuasca rituals are very common. They're becoming more common in more places around the world, but in South America, you usually have a shaman and it's a guided experience, so everybody stays safe. We will definitely do an episode on ayahuasca rituals in the future. Uh, It's something that I'm extremely curious about and... Uh, I've actually never done it before, but I've heard many people such as Sam Harris and Joe Rogan talk about it, so it's definitely something we'll cover in the near future. Okay, back to the story. The first experience, I was in the end of a relationship. I had an argument with my ex, and I was sleeping on the sofa. I was about to fall asleep when I opened my eyes, and through my peripheral vision, I saw a dark, human form. I get a sense of adrenaline because I thought it was a thief, so I try to stand up, but I can't move. I was paralyzed. I shift my eyes sideways, and I see a small, gray-like type being with bright, glowing, greenish-yellow skin and really big and black eyes. There was more than one. I knew there was more than one, but I could only see one. I got really scared. Then a voice in my mind said, don't worry, we are here to help you. Then I don't remember anything else. Later, I thought maybe it was a dream, but it couldn't be. It was more vivid than a dream. I did a painting of what I remembered. And a side note here, Alex showed me his painting and I will share it with everyone on Instagram and Facebook. Back to the story. The second experience was last December. I was on an ayahuasca shamanic ritual. During the ritual, I connected with some spirits that I saw in human form. Then I saw this three meter tall extraterrestrial Again, gray-like, but a lot taller, and its skin was almost like tree skin, very similar to the Ents from Lord of the Rings movie. 
It walked very slow between the people at the ritual, collecting the miasma people throw away during the healing process. I saw it passing through once only. So these are Alex's two stories, and he actually asked me if I believed in aliens, if I had any experiences, and I told him, no, I've never had any experiences, but I do believe in the possibility of intelligent life in space. I told him I grew up on Star Trek and X-Files, but also grew up in a religion that taught humans were the only intelligent life in the entire universe, and those humans were created by God. Now, that belief is not something that I subscribe to anymore, as far as humans being the only intelligent life in the entire universe. I absolutely, I absolutely believe that the universe is so large and so mysterious and with all the talk of multiverses and things like that, I totally believe in the possibility of extraterrestrials being out there or beings and other realms that we don't even understand yet. That to me is something that could be probable. So Alex then explained to me some of his beliefs. He began reading Alan Kardec's spirit book, Incarnation and Different Worlds. For those that follow Kardec's belief system, which is usually referred to as spiritism, they believe the following line of thinking, which I have taken from Wikipedia. And this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Spiritist philosophy postulates that humans, along with all other living beings, are essentially immortal spirits that temporarily inhabit physical bodies for several necessary incarnations. And this is to attain moral and intellectual improvement. It also asserts that disembodied spirits through passive or active mediumship may have beneficent or malevolent influence on the physical world. Spiritism is an evolution-affirming religion. Alex pointed out to me a certain passage from the book, which I will go ahead and quote here. Now, this is on page 122 of Alan Kardec's book, The Spirit's Book, and it's the chapter Incarnation in Different Worlds. And just so you kind of understand what's going on in the book, it's like a question and answer form. I haven't read the entire book yet. This is just the passages that Alex shared with me. So what it looks like is somebody is asking Alan Kardec these questions and he is explaining the belief system. So I'll ask a question and then I'll read the response that Alan Kardec wrote. And this is directly from this book. So the first question is, do we accomplish all our different corporeal existences upon this earth? His response, not all of them, for those existences take place in many different worlds. The world in which you now are is neither the first nor the last of these, but is one of those that are the most material and the furthest removed from perfection. The next question is, does the soul at each new corporeal existence pass from one world to another, or can it accomplish several existences on the same globe? And the answer, it may live many times on the same globe. 
if it be not sufficiently advanced to pass into a higher one. We may then reappear several times upon the earth? The question is asked. Certainly, he responds. The next question. Can we come back to it after having lived in other worlds? Assuredly, you can. You may already have lived elsewhere as upon the earth. Is it necessary to live again upon this earth? No, but if you do not advance, you may go into a world no better than this one, or even worse. Is there any advantage in coming back to inhabit this earth? No special advantage unless it be the fulfillment of a mission. In that case, the spirit advances whether incarnated in this earth or elsewhere. Would it not be happier to remain as a spirit? No, no, for we should remain stationary and we want to advance towards God. Can spirits come to this world for the first time after having been incarnated in other worlds? Yes, just as you may go into other ones, all the worlds of the universe are united by the bonds of solidarity that which is not accomplished in one of them is accomplished in another. Some of those who are now upon this earth are here then for the first time? Many of them are so, and at various degrees of advancement. So as you can see here from this passage, you can kind of start grasping what is involved in the spiritism belief. Um, they allow for extraterrestrials because you can be on different worlds and in different stages of existence. They allow for ghosts because it mentions the spirit and it mentions the spirit returning to God. So there's a lot of different allowances here for both alien life forms and ghosts, which is kind of interesting. Alex believes what he saw is absolutely real. He pointed me to several resources that are deemed very credible in the UFO and alien community, some of which you've probably heard before. Commander Fravor, Bob Lazar, and Bob Lazar has appeared on many shows and podcasts, um, probably most recently Joe Rogan's podcasts. So if you Google Bob Lazar, there's a wealth of information about him. Sergeant Clifford Stone, former Canada Minister of Defense Paul Hellyer, former FAA Director John Callahan, and the list continued. He gave me so many resources. There is not enough time in tonight's episode to go through every single one. The reason I wanted to share Alex's story, because I knew he was not making this up talking to him. He truly believed he saw what he saw. Now, I know there's going to be some people thinking like, well, on one of the experiences, he was on an ayahuasca trip. But for those who have listened to podcasts like Sam Harris and... Joe Rogan, when they're talking about these ayahuasca trips, they are life-changing experiences. And a lot of people recommend 
trying ayahuasca, if you want to change your life's direction. These are very sacred experiences. And for somebody like Alex to have seen an extraterrestrial being during that experience, that could be very significant. One of the reasons I wanted to bring Alex's story to you is because I knew he was telling the truth. This was not just somebody who was seeking attention. And I also came to realize while I was speaking with him, the more people I talk to doing this podcast, the more I learn about new belief systems I had not realized existed before. I had never heard of Alan Kardec. I had never heard of spiritism. And this is a very interesting belief system. When I was in the organization that many XJWs refer to as the Borg, it was looked down upon to study other beliefs because supposedly they could lead you astray. They could lead you away from God. But now every time I learn about a new belief system, such as spiritism, I feel as if a new door has opened up and I'm starting to understand more about my fellow humans than ever before. More about the world, more about my surroundings, more about the universe. My interview with Alex was short and sweet. And I know it's definitely not as in-depth as some of the interviews we've done in the past. We'll definitely do more deep dives on UFO activity and alien encounters in the future. I just really enjoyed my conversation with him and I wanted to share this with you all this week because I felt it very intriguing. Whatever your beliefs are, I'm sure you can agree there's more to this universe than we can possibly understand in a lifetime. And for me, that is reason enough to stay curious. <laughs> <laughs>